God's grace, his mercy, his peace are yours to our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God we look to uh, this afternoon is taken from John's Gospel, and this distills for us in that upper room betrayal at the hands of Judas. After he had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified, Very truly, I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. His disciples stared at one another at a loss to know which of them he meant. One of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter motioned to his disciple, this disciple and, asked, or, and said, Ask him which one he means. Leaning back against Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. Then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Um, then, as soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered him. So Jesus told him, What are you about to do? Do quickly. But no one at the meal understood why Jesus said this to him. Since Judas had charge of the money, some thought Jesus was telling him to buy what was needed for the festival or to give something to the poor. And as soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out, and it was night. These are God's words. Nothing hurts Nothing stings more than, than being betrayed. If you think about it, and, and maybe there has been a time when someone betrayed you, and, and usually when it stings, when it hurts most, it's someone you trusted, someone you have a relationship with, with someone you thought you could count on, someone maybe you confided in, and then all of a sudden, something leaked out, Something happened that uh, if reflected very negatively on you. Someone made a group now look at you as the outsider because of something that only one other pe person knew about. To be betrayed, it, it hurts. Now, if it's, if it's out there in the world, sometimes you know if you don't have the same political view and you're down on State Street, debating somebody that's of the opposite persuasion. They yell at you. You can expect that, right? If you give information when they call you over the phone and say, you've just won this. All we need is your social security number. It's not really a betrayal if they take and sell it on the black web. You kind of expect when someone's searching for identity, you know what they're going to do. But when someone is close to you, someone that, that you have confided in does something so bad that it can change your life? That betrayal stings. Now, Jesus isn't the only one that has felt betrayal. In fact, in Scripture, the words that Jesus alluded to as he talked to Judas about breaking bread and betrayal were first penned by King David. He had been betrayed, and when he wrote these words, Ahithophel was one of his, his chief of staff. He was just trusted, and, and David, being a king that everyone was trying to dethrone, he trusted him, and he was betrayed by him. And even, even the trusted general that had been with, with David through thick or thin, through the, the worst of times and the best of times, when he wasn't going to support Solomon succeeding David, Joab betrayed David too. And we're not sure who he's talking about, but, but David wrote these words, Even my close friend, someone I trusted who shared my bread, has turned against me. Do you sense the sting there and, and the hurt and the sadness that just, that just doesn't go away? Now, 
we fast forward to the account we have before us today and, and we see Judas amidst the disciples. And, and Judas was the one who would betray Jesus. And, and Jesus knew this, but perhaps early on Judas did not. Judas was born like the other disciples, right? He was born with the same flesh, lived in maybe a similar culture and situation, grew up similarly to the other disciples, maybe a little different vocation. He had been at the feet of Jesus for the same amount of time, hand chosen by him. He had seen the Son of God do amazing things. Judas had every advantage to be at the front row seat of God's plan of salvation in the flesh. There it was before him, but there was this thing that that Judas had in his heart, his Achilles heel. And, and for him, it was greed. That was the one thing that just, we, we heard about it in the account here when they're talking about Mary, who came and, and, and anointed Jesus' feet with nard, this really expensive perfume. And there were some that lamented this and saying, why would you waste it on his feet? We could have sold that and given it to the poor. That was what Judas's uh, outrage was. But here's what the Holy Spirit gives as a commentary of, of Judas's heart. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As the keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. The love of money is, is, the, is the thing that had and wrapped around Judas's heart, and the devil decides to capitalize on that. What would you do when one sin leads into another and you get by with this one and then it becomes that one and no one slaps your hand, no one even seems to notice, and now the opportunity for 30 pieces of silver to be put in your pouch with no one even knowing it. And you've seen Jesus walk through enemies. You've seen him walk through a crowd. You've seen him walk on water. What could happen to Jesus? I make a little money on the side. The Son of God will once again prove who he is. You can see how the rationalization was going on in Judas's mind. But here's what happens. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Now, betrayal hurts not only because it's personal, but also because it's secret. Judas had been living a, a double life, right? On the outside, he was the disciple like all the others. He was the keeper of the money, the one who generously wanted to be the steward to make sure the poor got what they want. You saw the disciples wondering why Jesus left. Well, they assumed he went to give money to the poor or to go and get supplies. That's what Judas is known for, right? But on the inside, what had he been doing? What, what had he done? He betrayed the Son of Man. And, and this is why Jesus... This, this personal friend of him that he had given everything to, every opportunity. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had, emptied, had, had, had entered Judas, and this is Jesus. After he had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified, very truly I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. Now you can imagine how different that meal all of a sudden got. They're there to celebrate the Passover with Jesus. And this was a somber celebration. Jesus kept giving him the, the hints that this was going to be the last time together. And now, all of a sudden, that accusation to the twelve, one of you is going to betray me. And what would be the reaction if this happened to you? The defenses go up, right? Me? What? what? I wouldn't do that. that. That's not in my DNA, right? I, is, it, is it me? Could, could I do that? 
No one woke up that morning and said, today is the day I deny the Lord. Today is the day that I, I go and, and say, I didn't know the man. Today is the day I run away scared. Today is the day I run away, leave my clothes behind and Jesus behind. Today is the day that my Lord will look on me with eyes of sadness. We don't wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to do this. But when sin wraps around hearts, look what sin can do. Look what sin did. He said, one of you is going to do this. The disciples lamented, am I capable of this? And so I ask you today, disciples, are you capable of this? Is this something that, that you have done? Is this something you can do? What, what is it that wraps around your heart? What is, is your weakness? You know, and so, so does Jesus and the devil observes it. He sees the things that you think are all hidden. We have this veneer on the outside. What is it that makes our heart calloused? Is it just apathy? Is it pretending on the good times when people are watching, but inside we have these things we long for? We have these lusts that are out of control. What do we do when sin wraps around our heart? Well, well, this is what, what Jesus said as he pointed out to the disciples. Well, the disciples said, what are we going to do? We need to find out what's going on here. Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. Then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, the son of, the son of Simon Iscariot. And as soon as Jesus took the bread, Satan entered him. So Jesus told him, What you are about to do, do quickly. Jesus loved Judas enough to confront him personally, to seek him out. This wasn't to make a, a, a spectacle of Judas and the sin that was already there, the sin that was long ago foretold. This was Jesus reaching out to him saying, you don't have to do this. Don't let sin have control. I break this bread and I give it to you so that you can turn and run. As the Savior reaches out with his hand, what do you do? Well, we see what the devil did. He saw an opportunity to wrap around that heart. And off, Jesus went, or off Judas went to betray the Savior. Does not Jesus do that to us, though, too? He comes to us personally and says, Hey, I know what's going on in your life. I lived there too. I know how hard it is and what the devil does. I know how hard the pressures are of the world. I have seen what you have seen too. I am not oblivious to this. But don't let sin take root. Don't let sin have its way. Don't give the devil a foothold. Turn, turn, and live. Jesus did not only get betrayed by Judas, but Jesus would soon go and get betrayed in a far greater way. Jesus would be betrayed by his father. Really, that's what happens in what the plan of salvation brings into light on the cross. That's where Jesus was betrayed by God. It's hard to think of it that way, but, but didn't Jesus say, my God, my God, why have you abandoned? Why have you left me? I never thought you would do this, but why, why did God turn his back? Why did God look away? Because Jesus, Jesus was all the sin. 
He was all the betrayal, even Judas. He was all that mountain of, of guilt and shame that the world had built up was placed upon him, and God turned. And he turned, it for, turned away for a purpose so that sin could be done away with, so that God the Father could turn again, looking at you through Jesus, and could see nothing and no one but clean and holy people, dear children worth dying for. That's what God sees when, when he sees you. Didn't Isaiah predict this? He said, by his wounds, you would be healed. You would be made whole. How could Jesus love a traitor like Judas? How could Jesus love people like his disciples? How, how could Jesus love people like you and me? Well, Jesus didn't come here to turn his back on sinners. No, instead, Jesus came here to open his arms to sinners, to welcome, him, welcome them to his embrace, to give them the forgiveness that they need. This is what Jesus does for you. The, the story for Judas did not end well. Judas, in his own mind, had reasoned and rationalized that there is no way that his sin could be under the umbrella of God's forgiveness. There is no way that God could look at him and say, I forgive you after what he had done. And so he took his life in despair outside of God's grace. But that's not true. Every single sin was paid for. Every single sin has been atoned. So instead of looking at the hands of betrayal we see in Judas, look instead to the hands of Jesus. In these hands you see love. In these hands you see trust. In these hands you see someone that will never betray you. In these hands you see forgiveness. In these hands you see your salvation. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes our understanding See our Savior Jesus in his hands outstretched to us that he has become our salvation. Amen.